0: my mom the best. Well, she did spawn me. That might have a little bit to do with it. But in reality, it's because she was able to teach us so many life lessons, such as hard work and dedication and reliability. Yet she covered all of those in grace and love, therefore teaching us who God is and how God loves us. That makes her the best. She loves us and she
1: takes care of us. She is sweet to us, and she will never stop loving us. And she, she's the best mom in the world. Um, um, we play outside with her, and she does her homework outside while we're playing, and she watches us, and we eat supper with her.
2: Best because she's always there to lend a listening ear in the good
0: times and the bad. My mom is the best because she has forgiven me. I don't know how many times she loved me at my worst. She's been there for me in my deepest, darkest times, and she shines Jesus in everything that she does. She's just an all-around godly woman, and I'm so thankful to have her as my mom.
2: Love you, Mom. My mom is the best because of her heart for people. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what you've lived through. She is going to love you because God loves you. And that is the only reason she's ever needed to love someone.
0: Happy Mother's Day and a special Happy Mother's Day to my mom, Mary Lou Kirby. Mom, you've been a great example of what God has called us all to be. And that is faithful, loving, patient, forgiving, and sacrificial. And you've done that at all times. In great times, in bad times, and even terrible times. And you've done it in times of plenty, and you've done it in times of want. Thank you, and I love you. Happy Mother's Day.
3: My mom is the best mom because no matter what's going on in her life, she's always there for me. She's always praying for me. She's always loving on me. She calls me and asks me what's going on in my life. She wants to be a part of my life. She laughs with me, laughs at me, and no matter what, I know she loves me with all her
0: heart. I love you, mom. We all are convinced that my mom has multiple versions of herself. Somehow, way, she has more events, holds more events than anyone I've ever seen in my life. There's nothing she doesn't make it to. And sometimes it seems like she does that even while she's at something else. (laughs) We're not quite sure how that happens. But because of that, she is the best mom in the world and best grandma in the world. It's pretty amazing. We love her. She's incredible. There's no one that I know that does what she does, which makes us feel very special. Love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day.
1: My mom is the best because she takes care of me, loves me, and feeds me. My mom is the best
4: because she helps me become a better person, and she loves and cares for me very much.
3: Good morning, WFR. It's so great to be with you on this really neat Mother's Day. What a great foot Al, I even wore a suit dressed up for Mother's Day. see pants. What's right. this guy?
5: <laughs> you know, anytime you're in purple, Mike, you, you make me a happy Oh, man.
3: I Is knew it, you'd like
5: that. Can, can I get an amen <laughs> from out there in LSU land? He <laughs> loves you in purple. Get rid of all your red stuff.
3: <laughs> well, it's great to be here together. It's great to uh, be with just the church family on this special day. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ryan, if uh, you enjoyed Mother's Day, I know you've honored. Uh, I'm sure you've honored and didn't forget to do those special things.
6: Oh, yeah. I, you know, so... This morning, you know, we get up early for this live stream. I, I made sure to sneak out of the house, make sure my boys had something to do. I said, let mama sleep in. That was the overarching message this morning. Let her sleep in. So, good night's rest. That goes a long way so, for a mom.
3: So, in other words, she'll watch this later. Is that
6: what you're saying? <laughs> Actually, she's here. I saw her. Oh, okay. She might be right. watching from bed. I don't know. I'm not going to – I won't give away any secrets.
5: But So, I got a question for you, Ryan. So, when, when – as you were growing up, did you fear your mom or your dad – the, the most? Because that's a great question for any of us. Yeah, oh, yeah. I want to know your take on
6: that. So my dad, for those of you who met my dad, my dad's a big guy. So you, you don't want a whooping from my dad. But I'll tell you, the worst whooping I ever got was from my mom. Uh, I was playing outside with my friends, and um, it was around dusk. The sun was starting to go down. You know, for for us that grew up in, in my area, you, you came home when the street lights came on. That's, that was the rule. So streetlights came on, I came in, and I, I don't know what I did. I don't remember. But I, she took me into my bedroom, took me over her lap, and just started laying into me. Um, and as I, I'm, I'm over her lap, I looked up and my window. The blinds were open, and my light was on. And it was dark outside. And my friend, Keith, I don't remember his last name, I, but he, he's sitting on his bike, and his face was just because <laughs> she was just laying into me. So I, I definitely feared my mom, but it wasn't just me. The whole neighborhood feared my mom.
5: <laughs> I love your mom even more now. That, once I hear that story, that's you know, in, in our house, it was more dad was the thunder. But mom was like a ninja of discipline, you know, because she'd sneak up on you and just snag you by the hair, pop you with whatever she had nearby. So she was the one we should have feared more. We feared dad, really.
3: Well, my my mom had this phrase I remember well. It uh, It would be... I'm going to ring your jaws like a dinner bell. <laughs> so just, I mean, you just take care for what it's worth. Uh, that was a fair warning. You, you didn't want that, I guarantee you. So, <laughs> I, know, I know in my family, uh, I I was one of three sons. I know you're one of four sons. Yeah. Uh, and and you're the oldest. Uh, I, I, I hate to put you or Kay on the spot here, but did was there a favorite son? Well, amongst Well, uh,
5: you know, I like to think I'm the favorite because everybody relies on me, including mom, but of course <laughs> Jeff, the baby, the little sister, you know, uh, in our family uh, he uh, he's actually probably the favorite you know, if we just, you know, everybody thinks they are except for Jace, everybody knows he's not but uh, I think I think Jeff is probably our favorite, because he's the baby, right? <laughs> well, he
3: is the baby. but you are too, right? I, I, am, I, am the, I am the baby of the family, and there's a reason where uh, people think you're the favorites because we actually are the favorites. So uh, I remember my brothers would sign a note, uh, uh, you know, your uh, best-looking son, and I would sign it as your favorite son, and so uh, those kinds of things. Now, uh, mom's always proud, and uh, by the way, churches are too, uh, proud when people they've raised uh, are involved in ministry things, because one of the things we emphasize here, Alex, is about discipleship and uh, and Kate, Kate, this is this is for you. Uh, uh, we want to brag on one of your sons and it's not your oldest. <laughs> OK, it's your favorite. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's involved in a ministry uh, called All God's uh, Children. And so I want to just uh, show you a little quick clip about that. And I'll make a mention of it when this is over. Watch this for a second.
0: What's up, WFR family? Jeff Robertson here. I miss you guys so much. My home church. I don't know if you guys know this, but I work for All God's Children International, and we need your help. We have kids in Ethiopia that need your support. They need to be sponsored. a sponsorship includes food for the whole family, medical care, money for school, and a savings for their future. I want to introduce you to Wise. And He's going to show you a family in Ethiopia that you could be helping that's been affected by the coronavirus.
4: Hi, my name is Rasyu. Uh I'm working with AGCR for 10 years. As we know now, the coronavirus epidemic is now uh, well spread over the world. Now, our uh, Goal is like to support like the vulnerable kids in our community. They are still there. We are supporting over 450 kids in our. at uh, this area. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can't. Okay, This is Dabavi, and she's uh, 13 years old, and she's grade, grade 6. Uh, she lives with her uh, one brother one brother and one uh, sister, and also she lives with her aunts because her father is passed away, and uh, her mother is very sick, and she's still living in the countryside. This coronavirus epidemic, everything is shut down, uh, and there is no work, everybody's not welcoming people to work at their home. So because of that we need your help, right? We just need your help because this sponsorship means a lot for them. Because they don't have anything to sponsor like, you know, now they told me like even they don't have anything right now to eat because everything's like, you know, they just like you know give for their kids and now they are just like, you know, empty handed, they don't have any income, they don't have anything. So because of that we just really need your support uh, of like this sponsorship program and thank you very much for what you did for our kids and for our communities. Thank you very much and God bless you. These kids
0: and their families already had a super tough life before the virus. Now, without your help, it's insurmountable. Please guys, prayerfully consider $40 a month to help a child and their family. Love you guys. Wish you the best. And
3: stay safe. Okay, thank you, Jeb. Uh, 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 Ron, did uh, uh, Jace uh, say something about that? Did you? I think, I think I saw you say something about Jace said.
6: Well, uh, the. Uh... <laughs> You know, Al. Whenever he tells Robertson stories, Jace chimes in here and says, "Never believe Al unless he's quoting scripture." So I don't know. We got, we got, you know, we we got some refuting going on. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I don't know. Jace, I don't know. You can chime in with a story yourself here, but
3: well, uh, yeah. Well, uh, they're uh, they're both pretty good at telling. I'm not saying telling stories. I mean, just telling stories. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, thank you. By the way, uh, we raise our children up in our own church family to be disciples, to go out and get involved in ministry. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, look, If you uh, uh, want to know more about Jeff's involvement there, uh, allgodschildren.org is that particular ministry. Uh, our own mission ministry, One Kingdom, uh, uh, don't call us because I don't know anything beyond what I'm telling you right now, okay? I always get phone calls when I do videos sometimes and they're like, hey, tell us about that. But look, I'm going to point you straight to Jeff, allgodschildren.org. Uh, and I love the fact that people have a heart for kids, and that's a great blessing. So, Al, uh, well, now you got
5: to top your little brother. Well, uh, that's not hard to do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, small step. The bar is low. Uh, Today, normally we have uh, kids that do our scripture reading, which we love every week, but since it's Mother's Day today, uh, we decided to give you guys a treat, uh, and our moms are going to do a couple of scriptures for us today. So, uh, let's take a look at that. Hello,
1: White's Ray Road. I want to read from the Prophets of Solomon. Number 10, chapter 10, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. And I love that scripture, and I could write a book on it. In fact, we may already have, but I raised, well, i raised about 100 sons, but only four that I had, and um, I I prove this true every time. They don't talk back to their daddy. They only talk back to their mom. But that's okay, because I love them, and they've all grown up to be great men. You know, they were hard to deal with as children, but as men, they're wonderful. They all love God, and you know what? They're just about all preachers, too. So look, ladies, don't give up. Don't ever give up. They'll come out. They'll get better. I love you. Discipline
5: your son, and he will give you peace. He will bring you delight to your soul. Boy, you can tell from watching that, right? <laughs> who, who, can you understand the rambler from the short and to the point? I like that. That's kind, uh, yeah, of the... they're kind of like us, Al. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that Arkansas twang, I know where it comes from now, Kelly. Listen to your mom. you got to draw out those eyes you got to get that out there. You know, Mom is going to preach, of course, at any opportunity. Oh, yeah. She's like Willie. She never met a camera she didn't like. (laughs) But but I love you, Mom. And uh, you did do a good job raising the four of us. I did bring you some grief uh, for some period of time. But at least now I'm taking care of you. So there you go.
3: (laughs) Well, and I I appreciate my mom so very much. She Actually, next month out, she turns 91 and so uh just a great blessing and uh i was very very fortunate to be able to get her uh on camera reading she probably didn't know <laughs> how many people are going to see this but uh, uh mama bonnie is going to go viral today so
5: uh <laughs> <laughs> well she probably didn't even know what that means We said no, he runs for cover yeah uh, <laughs> so so today we're going to be in uh psalm 128 if you'd like to turn there and join us uh of course we're emphasizing uh mom's and mother's day but really we want to expand that because you know a mom anchors us as a family you know no doubt about it takes care of our homes and takes care of you know, our kids and takes care of us uh, is that great blessing but really it takes the entire family i love what robert said Uh, the community to talk about that idea about a table it's a family that comes together and so one of my favorite texts is is psalm 128 and uh we want to talk a little bit about that and basically how that this idea of fear of the lord is what's going to lead our families
3: yeah what i want to do right now just want to read through the text it's a short text but i want to read through it then we'll pick back up and break it down a little bit blessed are all who fear the lord who walk in obedience to him You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children.
5: Peace be on Israel. So you see how it begins with this concept of fearing the Lord. It's really interesting because last week when we were talking about discipleship... We talked about one of the things that Jesus consistently was saying is do not be afraid. Uh, Why do you doubt? Why do you have these fears? And so, you know, it seems almost like counterintuitive. You come back and say, but fear the Lord. But actually, when you think about it, it's the exact same thing. It's like a coin, and you're looking at the other side of the coin. He says, look, do not fear because you have to trust in me. If you trust in me, it takes away the fear. If you flip that around and say, look, if I fear God, I'm doing what? I'm trusting him. And therefore, it takes away fear. So both of those have to happen simultaneously. As we trust and as we fear God, no matter what's going on in our lives and our family, we're going to find a blessed path, and we're going to fear less, and we're going to doubt less. So it's kind of our discipleship in terms of family.
3: Yeah, and that fearing the Lord, that uh, idea of respect and awe uh it's something I think that gets, needs to get more emphasis today. Uh, I, I love the messages of hope. I love messages of mercy and grace and freedom and all those things. But I think uh, the more rebellious the world gets around us, the more we have to be reminded of what it is to have great awe and great respect for Jehovah God.
5: And then what we love about it is, you know, look, we're imperfect people. And we realize that. And in a home, we find ways our imperfections come out even more. But ultimately, in the perfect father, God, who's also, in essence, a perfect mother because he's both to us. In fact, Paul compares him as a mother that gathers her children. So we see that concept in God that is the ultimate way to put our trust in him. And look, that teaches us things. That's why you teach your kids. When I grew up, I knew to respect authority. I knew to respect my teachers. I knew to respect other people's property. I mean, all those things were passed on to me. And Dad said, look, you're a respecter of that. Uh, When you're out in public, whatever the case is. And so I love that. Those are lessons that have been deeply rooted uh, into me by my mom and my dad.
3: Well, the text not only talks about uh, the way that we walk because of fearing God and how blessed we are, but this fear the Lord brings prosperous labor Uh, And basically that's the idea of the first verse is like walking his way but this is really working his way. Uh, And he says you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours.
5: So you know you think about this concept of work. Because a lot of times people, you hear the, word, the phrase prosperity gospel and like goes, oh, you know, because the idea is that if you'll just trust in God, I mean, the, the bounties will come and you'll have all the success and money and homes and looking at it through the prism of amassing of, you know, possessions. But that's not what this is talking about. I, I focus on that word labor. That's where the prosperity comes from when you work which is what we were put here to do. you remember in the garden in Genesis 2, 7? The Lord formed the man from the dust of the earth. Therefore, we're made from this earth. Then he took him and put him in the garden to work it and take care of it. So we're made from this earth, which, by the way, Mike, just as a coincidence, I guess, did you know you're 70% water? <laughs> well, I uh,
3: appreciate that. You I'm are. not sure what water. that means. And guess so. what else is?
5: The earth. I mean, it's a great coincidence for us that the same creator that made the earth made us from the earth. And we happen to be made up of the same consistency. Just one of those happy accidents that we're so glad is there because God put us here to work. And I love the idea of that because that's where we find so much purpose in who we are. You know, we, we're not made to sit around. Look, the reason why the country is clamoring so much, they're like, oh, the economy and the virus, because we, we're made to work. We want to work. We want to get out there and we want to help people We want to do things. thats We're built for that.
3: We're we are it. built for it. And you know, uh, uh, even now, people, they want to go to work. I, uh, somebody in my family asked me a day, they said, if your dad was still alive, Mike, what do you think he would be saying about all this? And I, I know exactly what he would say he'd say somebody needs to go to work because he was about work and he was about having a strong work ethic and i really appreciate uh, that about him uh and matter of fact I, I thought it was so fitting uh when when my dad passed away Al, uh we were having it was on labor day weekend we were having duck commander day that year yeah and i was leading worship for that biggest assembly that sunday morning but i'd gotten a call earlier in the weekend and i stayed to lead the worship and then I immediately drove up to Arkansas to be at the visitation that night and then, of course, do the funeral the next day. Uh, but I stayed and did that be- the worship and led it because I knew what my dad would say, do your job. You know, uh, take care of business, and and we buried him on Labor Day, which I thought was so fitting. Uh, about uh, that went so well with his own work ethic, and uh, I can never outwalk him. Whether we were out hunting or something, and I could never outwork him. My uh, fact the only way to get him to come and visit the house is if you had a job for him. You had to get him something to build, work on, paint. He had to have something to do while he was here. But people lose lose purpose, uh, uh, even in the garden. The ideal situation, man, was to work and take care of it. And so
5: you're right. You remember what Luke, uh, in Luke 12, when, when Jesus said, he was, talk- he was about to give a parable about this rich fool who had put everything about his possessions. You know, he said, I've got to build bigger stores and bigger places to put all my stuff. Jesus said something very interesting. He said, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So this idea about prosperity, from an American viewpoint, we tend to view it only as the amassing of what we have. But think about it. There's so much more to be rewarded. I mean, you think about a relationship that has been repaired or maybe how many relationships that you have with other people. That's prosperity. Uh, you think about uh, spiritual impact uh, and the idea that wealth is there in people. Uh, I remember my folks, when, when we came, Mama Day came to Christ, they, at the time, they had the most they ever had, but it was all made in the wrong way from running a bar and they had a lot of cash you know that came in because of this lifestyle that they were having so you would think that would bring great prosperity and wealth and understanding instead it brought disaster on our family when they came to Christ and we moved out on the river. We had very little, but we felt so rich. I mean, we were catching fish, we started a company, we were sharing the gospel with people. So I I saw that prosperity from a different perspective. And so it's interesting now, all these years later, mom and dad, now they have a little bit of more stuff, but it hasn't changed them. They're the same as they always were. It's just mom just it's more for her to give away, is what dad says. You know, and I love that because that's the concept here, and that's what we should all strive for. It's not having the bigger house, two more cars, the vacation home someplace. It's the idea of riches spiritually and what we do with other people. There's great prosperity in that.
3: Yeah, and and not only does uh, fearing the Lord and living with Him bring you prosperity, but it also brings uh, fruitful families. Families that uh, uh, come as a result of living in the right way for God. It says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be a blessing for the man who fears the Lord. And I love that idea of picturing a family that's... That's growing. That's these vines, these shoots. They're growing. They're multiplying. They're fruitful. And so you see this kind of maturity coming out of a family that has a fear
5: for the Lord. You know, and it kind of displays this picture. It displays provision. And you heard some of the little kids. Do you notice it was around food so much on their videos? Uh, you know, they feed me. The, you know, Ryan's kids, you know, he, they're going through the whole day. at and snacks and meals. And, 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 but from a kid's perspective, that's so important, right? The idea about that table is provision. You know, you're providing me some food. But it's also communication. I remember whenever we were growing up, I mean, there was my grandparents and, and mom and dad. And we had kind of a round table at the end of the bar. And then there was all of us lined up. You know, oldest to youngest. And so, you know, when you got an opportunity, they're talking about the Bible or talking about politics or whatever. If you ever got a chance, I mean, this was your moment to shine. You know, it felt like the spotlight was on us. And I think that's what led us to Duck dynasty and that scene at the end that Robert mentioned. That, That was what people connected to because they thought about that. And unfortunately, in America, a lot of people have lost that. It's always at a restaurant or everybody's eating on different times and you take the kids here and we go there. I, I will say one of the, the silver linings or blessings of coronavirus has been that a lot of families have gotten back around the mm-hmm. table. Yeah. Uh, my aunt told me that their house, they weren't doing it that much, but now they are again and spending that time together and having those conversations. And see, that, that's the picture of unity in a family, and you need that. you got to have that time to, to pass those values on. And so I, I can't think of a better place than around a dinner table.
3: Well, and I remember times as a kid around our table, it was, of course, everything was, you know, made from scratch. The food was always great, conversation and those kinds of things. Everybody had their place. You kind of knew where to sit and oh, yeah. and uh, whose place belonged to, to who. And uh, But there is something special. But I also remember around our table, there was always room. For somebody else, even if there wasn't room. Because we would bring people home and and mom would feed them, you know, uh, uh, just put a little more water in the beans, you know, and spread them, right? Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's that kind. But of, there was always that room around the table. And there's something about hospitality yeah. that's powerful and, and people who are living for God. It's a
5: great, uh, great testimony. My granny used to, Mike, she would like the left of what little was left. There wasn't a lot in our house with, with four boys. But there'd be a little bit left. And instead of, you know, now we put it in these plastic containers. We didn't have those back then. But she would make a plate. And she would, you know, put it out like it was somebody was going to eat it. And then she'd wrap it up in foil. And I always used to ask her, I said, Granny, why, why do you always, why do you fix that plate? And she said, well, for the stranger. Huh. You never know when somebody's going to come by. And that's the mindset, that's the mentality of this idea of thinking about other people.
3: Well, I think that's perfect because I don't know of a stranger group of people. So, okay. Uh, <laughs>
5: Boy, you could have put a tire on him all of a sudden, it's Shaky Green over here. Uh,
3: no, it, you know, it is powerful the hospitality that's passed down from generation to generation. Uh, you know, the times I've been to uh, around your mom's table, and uh, just the. Enjoyment of being in fellowship with people there 's something powerful about that and there 's something very, very uh, attractive about a family that grows spiritually that other people want they want to be a part of that they want that kind of family yeah. and uh, that 's why i 've been so appreciative for uh, Kay and Phil and others in our church that have helped give me a a great picture of what it is to be in a family uh, that's growing. He also says the fear of the Lord builds legacies. uh, And this is uh, talking about lasting the long haul, going the long haul as you serve God uh, in this verse. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. Al, you, you have much more experience. Even though I'm older, you have much more experience in this children's children thing, right? Uh, yeah. uh Now, I, uh, I just got some grandchildren, three at one time. By the way, happy Mother's Day uh, to uh, Beth, Josh's uh, wife. They had adopted three beautiful kids, one, three, and four. So there's some instant activity at that house now. Uh, but I thought about the responsibility of passing on Uh, the gospel and your faith from generation to generation and how, how powerful that can be in leaving a legacy. And
5: that's why it's important that we always work on building that legacy. We want to keep that. That's why we try to keep families together and why we try to say, look, you got to look for the long haul. But sometimes, you know, because of sin, because of difficulty, because of circumstance, because of a lot of things, legacies can get derailed and they become something very bad. And so, you know, we need that help and that grace to be able to renew and do something different. Uh, we want to show a video today of one of our dear sisters. And, uh, you know, this is uh, because of circumstances in our life, it could have been a disaster, but instead, because of God's help, uh, some amazing things happened. So let's take a look at this video.
2: For me, I was 15 years old, and my sister just shy of her 13th birthday. It was September the 11th, 1991, when tragedy struck our family. It was that night that our mother was murdered and within a week our father was arrested and within a year our father was convicted and sentenced to life in prison for the second degree murder of our mom pain and tragedy had struck and we had during that time that my grandparents moved in with us and introduced us to a church family who loved on us and taught us about grace and mercy. And it was during that time that we accepted Christ as our savior. At that time in my life, it was only about salvation because I needed hope. So I began to grieve with hope. But I continued to make choices out of what I wanted for my life. I was empty and I was broken. And so all I wanted to do was have somebody to love on me. I met a man who I thought would do those things, would be my protector, and he would love me for who I was. But that relationship and that marriage ended after abuse and abandonment choice that I knew was heartache the pain of those words being spoken over to me that I was worthless and that I was useless but God that God of ours put a blessing in my life and that was when the motherless became a mother as I held my boy Grant and I looked in his eyes that breath of life was starting to be breathed back into me But I still continued to make choices out of that pain. I trusted no one. And so the next man that I found that I thought could love me, I married again. And within a short amount of time, I was divorced again. So Grant, as I looked at him, I saw two men who had walked out on us, left me empty. But I came back to my family here at WFR who continued to extend grace and mercy to a broken, twice-divorced, shame-filled woman. And they continued to teach me about hope. What did I want for my family? What did I want for Grant? You see, they challenged me to step up and to not just be an exception to the things that had happened in my life but to set a new standard, a standard that would leave a different legacy. But what did that look like and how did that work? I began to be influenced. And you see there's a difference in influence and encouragement. Encouragement comes by words and influence comes by action. And when I began to see the intentional discipleship of the church and these women, They gave me hope for a life and a different legacy. And it was during that time when I became open to the teaching and to the leading of what Christ had called me to be. You see, I hold on to the scripture in Philippians 3. Press on. Don't look back. It's a strain. Press forward to the goal to the prize i had to forget about everything that was behind me and press on to what my goal was and that was eternal life with my creator and it was during that time that i met my husband michael he taught me about unconditional love he loved me as i was not as i should be which is the same way christ loves me and so as i began to live in that lavish love we were married and we had a daughter I became a mom to a precious daughter and looking back and realizing the things that I had missed out on with my mother I became more intentional in the woman that God was calling me to be He challenged me and these women challenged me to step up and to be the mom that I did not have to change the legacy that the evil one tried to destroy God flipped it on its head and said this is what we're going to do so as I began to step out and be intentional with my kids God had another plan for me and that was to be the woman I am today to be an encourager but also to influence by action to be active in my faith he calls us to ask to seek to knock to find to come to rest everything that he has given us is free that's what Ephesians tells us it's a free gift so I accepted that free gift and began to live an intentional relationship to come to him to ask him to seek and to find and so now he has called me to be a woman to stand before other women and share my story I go behind the walls of prisons and tell these women that there is hope that they have a chance to change if you still have breath in you you still have a chance to change. So breathe it in and exhale him. That's what I'm able to tell these women. I'm called to go and share at different churches now. It went from children's ministry to youth ministry to women's ministry. If God can take a broken vessel like me and use me to teach and to disciple, that's the legacy I want to leave. Would I give anything to have a cup of coffee with my mother? Absolutely. But would I change the course of anything that has been done in my life? Absolutely not. Because I could not stand here and tell you that I would be the woman that I am without the things that I have gone through and without the influence of a community, of a body who believes and influences every step of the way.
5: Oh, we love that girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, wow. do you remember? <laughs> when we were first when we first met the girls and they were you know i guess they were not even te- were teenagers uh and
3: well they were in my youth group so uh, i had already known them for a good while and uh, to see their story come all the way that it has it's it's pretty amazing yeah
5: it's powerful and many we love you and uh to see a transformation and, and what god can do uh through a person's life that, that's that's inspiring and i remember when uh Years ago, we would do Mother's Day, you know, celebrations here for years at the church. But you know, Mindy was one of those, and there were several that it was a hard day for them, yeah. which was understandable. So now it's really neat uh, to see what God has done in her life, and that's that's what happens. That's how we can be transformed. That's exactly uh, what happened in our families. And so I, when I look at the legacies that go forward, uh, my fourteen-year-old granddaughter. Gets baptized by dad or great-grandfather mm. uh, in our hot tub and that uh, we sent it out everywhere for people to see and i thought man what a moment first of all that we were all four generations were alive and not only alive but that we were there for each other and, and really she was kind of sparked and prompted by having a conversation with dad because you know dad he's going to preach to anybody including his own (laughs) great-grandchildren uh and but i love that about it that's what we're supposed to do that's how legacies go forward
3: and what a great generational thing to keep passing the gospel uh from one generation to the to the other you know my dad al didn't come uh to the lord till late in life i baptized him in his 60s but uh but But still, he passed on uh, things to me about Christianity way before that because we always went to church. He was always a one to go to church, take you to church. His friends were all in church. Uh, His dad was a Christian and and his grandfather. And so there's a legacy being passed down, even though you might think it gets hung up a few places. You got to have faith in the gospel. Don't ever give up on people. Uh, the gospel is powerful enough to change people's hearts.
5: And that's what I love about that story. And that shows you it goes both ways. Uh, you know, in a case like that, there's probably people watching that you're a believer. Or maybe your folks aren't, or maybe somebody else in your family, and you're like, man, I just want to keep going. And you should, because that legacy goes sometimes it goes from youngest to oldest, or oldest to youngest. If you're the one that knows, What Christ has done. If you've embraced that grace, if you've understood it, if you've become a Christian, then it's your responsibility to impact. And there's no better place to start than in your own family. And so I I know it's hard sometimes. Sometimes things were hurt. Uh, We have a hard time getting past things. We have a hard time forgiving. Maybe we have a hard time because a, a brother or sister or someone hasn't forgiven us. All these things can be made right. In relationship, You just got to be consistent. And Mike said, like Mike said, don't give up on people, but always go back to the gospel, the core of who we are.
3: Yeah, so fear the Lord. Uh, the Lord's got a lot of blessings laid up for you. And uh, one of those blessings, of course, again today is the blessings of great mothers. And so, uh, thank you so much, uh, for, for being with us. And we've got a few more things we need to do. I want to share with you one, uh, people keep asking questions about when we're going to open up, uh, back and gather it up. And so, uh, the elders are meeting about that. We're talking, praying about that. And, uh, we want to do what's best for our church family. And so, uh, I will ask you for your prayers. And, uh, and exactly how to make that happen. But we have your best interests at heart. Please know that in all we do.